welcome everybody to a to a special episode of Cop On Special for me, and that I'm, I'm I'm sort of on holiday. I'm on a weekend break in the Swiss Alps. Zermatt, Z E R M A double T. Google it. Come here. It's absolutely beautiful if you like skiing, as I found out that I do. Uh, because I, I, I've been skiing this weekend for the first time since 1991. But, uh, you know, enough of that. We're here to talk about football. And, uh, you know, I, I was bubbling with enthusiasm before this match. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, um, it was a bit of a damp squib. I don't even know what a squib is. Uh, but anyway, I'm joined by uh, Karen Hidocha from uh, India, from Hyderabad. Delighted to say that. And also Fergus McFadden, who's in the south of Portugal. Fantastic. Um, I'd like to start by by um, thanking our new Patreon supporter, Nicholas Costa. Thank you very much. If anybody else wishes to support Cop on Podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash Cop on Podcast. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Cop on Podcast or email us um, coponpodcast at gmail.com. So... Everton nil, Liverpool nil. Uh, we are now 19 games unbeaten against the Ev in all comps. That's 17 in the league. But despite that, we had only done the double over them, winning home and away in the league three times before today um, in history. So despite my enthusiasm before the match, history tells us this was always going to be a toughie. Um, Fergus... Uh, thank you for uh, joining us for your cop on debut. And what's your immediate reaction to that match? Um, well, I have to say I, I'm very disappointed with the match. I expected um, more, although I would say when the lineup was announced, I, I had my doubts. And um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm very disappointed we didn't create enough. We didn't attack enough. We defended very well. I expected a, a stout defence from Everton, which is what we got. But overall, I would say the match was disappointing. But I'm actually not surprised because before the match, I predicted a draw. And that's indeed what we got. Yes. Well, what, were your, what were your reservations then before the match with the, with the starting lineup? Because when I saw it, I'm, I mean, I sort of understood that, uh, you know, Divock, you know, I, I hoped that Divock could uh, could uh, exploit um, Seamus Coleman and and Michael Keane with their lack of pace, and he's a he's a pacey, strong player. But uh, obviously, it didn't pan out that way. But before the match, I was a bit, you know, I was okay with it. But what what were your reservations? Yeah, I like Divock. He's come in. He did obviously really well in the last match against Watford, and he also did well today. He looks like he's got. You know, his control has really improved. He looks like he's good on the wing. Um, he does well. He links up well. But I think overall, I just don't think we have enough. Um, I expected Everton to defend uh, in depth today, defend in numbers, which is what they did. They basically ended up just defending and then punting the ball along to Calvert-Lewin, especially in the first half. The second half opened up a bit. But my reservations about the lineup, I don't think we've got enough smart attacking players on the field. When you have Wijnaldum, Fabinho and Henderson all in midfield, uh, Fabinho is great and he can always um, find a chip ball, a ball over the top. He can always find a, a good ball through in, into the attack. But um, the other two, 
Genie we love, obviously, for, for his work rate. And, and Henderson, you know, he, he's a good player. But just with the combination of the three of them, they're just not getting enough um, creative play. So that, that's, my, that's my reservation. I would have played um, uh, just Genie and Fabinho. And then I would have also played either Keita and, and uh, Firmino or Keita and, uh, and uh, Shakiri uh, together with Mane and Salah. And that's what I would have done because we just need more attacking players when it comes to breaking down uh, a defence that's, that's just lined up in front of you. Yes, that's a very fair assessment. That is a very fair assessment. And yes, it did pan out that way indeed. Uh, Karen, how are you feeling? Um, I'm disappointed, but um, I've not lost my positivity. Um, I've seen moments that we could have scored um, and we could have buried the game. But unfortunately, the score is nil-nil at full time. Um, two draws in three games, that doesn't bug me at all. Um, it just gives me a positive feeling and um, looking at the remaining games too, I think we have all winnable fixtures. Well, that's interesting you should say that because I did have a quick look before the match. I'm not sure. If, I, I mean, I'm glad you're still positive. I don't want to rain on that parade, but I was looking at our longest winning streaks uh, in the Premier League, you know, just the Premier League, not the old first division um, and uh, now, I mean, you know, you say they're, they're all winnable games. So that if we're looking at a nine-game winning streak, we've only, do, only done that once since the Premier League began. Um, a 10-game winning streak we've done once. And an 11-game winning streak, which is our, our best ever, was in 2005-2006. We've only done that once. In contrast, Man City have the record um winning streak in the Premier League with 18 matches that's just nuts that was last season but um you know where does this result put us in the in the context of the league you're you're, you're confident Karen we can you know it's not uh it's it's, by, it's far from over um no I think we have nine more games to go they have more nine more games to go and anything can happen they are not the same team that they were last season they are losing the spark. They are losing their creativity. They've got injuries list piling up. Um, I think it's it's going to go down to the wire at the very end. Um, I'm just being confident and uh, trust my manager and my team. And I'm sure that uh, no matter what happens, I'll still love them. Nine games, nine winnable fixtures. Um, it doesn't matter if we have done only once in the history before. Records can be broken any time of the year, at any time of the season. So this is another good chance to set another record. I love that positivity. That's absolutely wonderful positivity. Uh, Fergus, do you share it? I mean, how, how, where do you think this result um, you know, puts us in terms of the title race? Well, I would say my optimism took a, a nosedive when we drew, or sorry, we lost 2-1 away to Man City. And I actually thought on that day, I, I, I um, thought our chances of the league title had diminished. And in fact, I thought we'd given the, the title to Man City on that day. Okay, statistically, we didn't. And we still have a chance of winning the league. But I think by, by leaving Man City on that day, we could have, we could have if we'd have won, we'd have had a 10-point lead. 
in the, in the championship table. And I knew City would come on strong in the second half of the season. But by losing that day, we, we, had, we left with a four-point lead. So I knew City would come on strong. And ever since then, I mean, we've had three wins in 11 games now, if you include the, uh, the Wolves Cup game. So that's um, three, win, three wins in 10, if you exclude that. And that's just the league and the Champions League against Bayern Munich. So I would say that um, I, I don't think we'll win the league this season. I don't think that's a disaster. I think if we finish second, I think it's a magnificent season, uh, especially since we've kept pretty much kept up with Man City all the way. It'll be very disappointing to finish second if we, if in fact that's what we do. But it's not the end of the world, and it and we will build in the summer. I'm sure we'll sign some good new players, especially in the midfield and attack, because the defence is very good right now. So I would say that second is not a disaster. We're still in the chance with uh, finishing first. But I think really, uh, with our current form, three wins in 10, and with that result away to Man City, I think that we we have, with a team, up against a team of the quality, power, strength, confidence, ability of Man City, I, I don't, I just think that uh, we're, we're up against a very, very difficult task now to be able to overhaul them, especially since uh, they now have a one-point lead. Well, okay, but uh, you know, just you know, playing a bit of devil's advocate here. I mean, um, you know, I mean, City have been favourites for the league all season, really, um, apart from maybe a you know a couple of weeks where it where, <clears throat> where we did have the chance to extend our our lead at the top, but uh, as you say, lost that match to Man City uh, before. But but you know, looking at City, they 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 haven't um, scored a goal in open play. In 255 minutes, they've got more and more injuries. Guardiola himself said that the way that they play has a very uh, big impact on the players, and they they do have a chance to get even more injuries. and And maybe they, as Karen said, they, they they've lost a little bit of spark. I mean, I mean, you know, do do you think those these kind of arguments they they they're also valid? Yes. Well, you have a point, Owen, definitely. And, but, but what is key is, though, City have kept on winning through a bad spell. Okay, They haven't been um, scoring from open play, but they've been winning ugly. They've been dominating games. They haven't been creating many chances. But I think winning ugly is the sign of champions, and that's what they've been able to do. And that's what we haven't really been able to do. I mean, we won ugly against Everton in the first game, um, the, the first of the derby games. Uh, the one nil at home when Origi scored in the injury time. That's the type of wins you need to be champions. I remember Man United doing that all through the um, 90s and 2000s. And, you know, it, it, being a football supporter is really, it, it's an optimism game. And, we you know, we have to be optimistic. But you also have to be realistic sometimes. City are are playing not so well, not as well as they can, but they're grinding out results. Um, we've been faltering. We haven't been uh, keeping pace with them in the last ten games. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. So yeah. Again, very, very, um, very realistic answer. Yeah. Very, very fair. Um, we uh, we talked uh, about your your reaction to the to the stars and how how you were slightly disappointed. I I thought it would would have been okay. How how did you feel about um, 
our starting lineup, Karen. I mean, there was no Cater, there was no Bobby. Um, how were you feeling before the match, Karen? Um, I actually totally forgot about the game because I had an assignment due this uh, this evening, and okay. I completely took my mind off it. Um, luckily, in the evening, my dad reminded me that we have a game, and I was like, "What, Everton?" Um, but yeah, when I when I saw the when I saw the lineup, I really saw that we should have played Shakiri instead of Henderson, um, and probably have gone for a four-two-three-one with um, Salah, Origi, and Shakiri in the midfield and Mane up top. Um, but yeah, I was fairly happy with the lineup. Um, I completely missed the first half because of the assignment, but. Um, We've seen really good moments in the second half, and um, substitutions were weird, especially with Lalana. I really think Shakiri should have um, come in place of him because we lacked that spark in midfield. We were losing balls very often. Final third, we were dreadful. So probably a player like Shakiri would have lifted us, uh, lifted our spirits up. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's he's been a bit off form recently, though, no? I mean, wouldn't you have stuck Keita in there instead? Um, yeah, Keita or Shakiri, um, both of them uh, would be would be in my lineup if I had to choose a team. Um, but both of them haven't uh, played enough minutes in the last few games. Um, but I would play my chances with Shakiri because of his um, quick movement his ability to pick out players from one end to the other, and all of his uh, strengths and qualities. Um, I would prefer Keita to replace him in the second half, probably around 60-65 minutes, and keep those fresh legs on in that sort of area. Yeah, now the substitutions, I mean, let's talk about those. Um, They were, I don't know, I was watching the game with my friend Dave, and he said in, on about 60 minutes, if he brings Lalana on, I will stop supporting Liverpool. That's what Dave said. Because, um, uh, you know, again, he came on with just 10 minutes to go. Didn't do much. Uh, the other ones, I mean, Milner came on, uh, and, uh, and of course, Bobby came on. Um, what did you think of the substitutions, Cameron? I mean, you know, you were, you were also disappointed with, with those, or...? Um, I think instead of Lalana, if we had brought Shakiri or Keita, um, probably in the last seven or eight minutes, we would have that attacking spark once again, because we were not good enough in the final third, and probably having a player like Keita or Shakiri would have uh, boosted our chances. Um, but other than that, bringing on Bobby for Divock, who who had a really good game, I'm really happy with his performance, um, including the Watford game. And um, Milner having in midfield was a really good addition. Um, but yeah, except for Lalana, um, I think the other two substitutions were fair enough. Well, OK. I mean, I, I sort of disagree with you a little bit there, but I mean, I thought Milner had a few good touches, but he missed, he, he caught a sort of infection that a lot of the players got for me during that match. And that we seemed to get worse and worse at doing the simple things. Uh, in the game. That's how I saw it. Um, how did you see it, Fergus? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Milner in midfield. Um, he's, he's, he's the type of player who's not very, um, let's say, spectacular. But when you saw what he did in, in the Watford game, etc., 
He's very good in a midfield three. He's actually pretty terrible at right back. He's solid, but um, he can't cross a ball for Toffee. Um, so seeing him come on in midfield today, it was good. He livened it up a bit. He's good in a midfield three. He's more forward thinking than Hendo. I mean, Hendo does a great job covering left and right, back and forward, but um, but Milner is always looking for that through ball forward. He's good on a short pass. So um, that's why his um, creativity stats or his, his assists were so good in the Champions League last season. So um, Milner added a bit. I know Karan missed the um, first half, but the first half was, was pretty dreadful in, in comparison to the second. At least the second, it opened up a bit more. Uh, Milner added a bit of zip in, in the midfield um, with his forward passing. Um, what I would have done at halftime, I would have brought on uh, Bobby and Shaq and um, taken off Hendo and, and Origi because... Uh, I just think the game needed um, some forward impetus. It needed some spark. It needed some energy from Liverpool. I think um, we were being stymied by the Everton tactics. They were they were playing sort of Wimbledon type football, if you remember from the 1990s, yes. where they yeah everything's a fight ball and then they knock it long and that's what they were playing, especially in the first half. Um, and, you know, we needed to get some clever players in and around just to make them look like fools, make them trip over themselves, play one-twos amongst them, you know, and then just, just play a really good ball, um, you know, score a really good goal. And that's one thing that you'll see Man City doing. You know, it's, they always say don't compare yourself to others, but they've got so many um, intelligent players in the middle of the park. They've always got um, David Silva, They've always got um, Kevin De Bruyne when he's fit, and also um, the the other um, uh, the the Portuguese guy, the other Silva. But, yeah, Bernardo. Silva, Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Correct. Yes. So they yeah. always have those very clever players on the edge of the box, and even when a team, as Bournemouth did on um, on Saturday, yesterday, as Bournemouth just lined up in a in a five four one, they had all those clever players sort of able to dink and do one twos in and around the box, and and outside the box. So. I think that's what Liverpool have to do in these type of games. I think we just need more clever attackers. So in terms of the substitutions, I thought we should have made them earlier. We should have made them at half time when it looked like the game plan wasn't working. And um, But in the end, Lalana was ineffective and, and Milner added, added something. Yes and uh, yes and and uh, you know Bobby did well and uh, yeah. I don't know yes it was um but it was a, it was a difficult match in that in that first half um there was a stat on French TV I was I was watching the match um it was um there were only five passes exchanged between our front three with uh, Divock having one of those passes Mane three and Salah only one um, Divock had no shots. Mane had no shots. Um, Salah was our most dangerous attacker. He had, he had, uh, of course, that that key moment, that that one-on-one that he managed to, you know, sprint away from Luca Dean. Um, he was so dangerous, uh, Salah, throughout the match. I thought whenever he got on the ball. But uh, should he have scored that one? Um, should he have scored that, Fergus? I mean, was that was that a mistake? I think he did well. I mean, as with any forward, um, it's very hard to score. You know, no one, very few forwards score one out of one chance. You've got to keep creating chances. That was his only chance of the match. He did really well. Um, 
as far as I remember, he beat Dino on the right and then cut in and had a shot on goal. Um, and I thought Pickford, you know, it wasn't spectacular, but it's a very good save, a very good block. Um, probably Peak Salah would have curled it in the top corner, but it didn't happen. But um, really, you've got to make more chances. You've got to have more shots. You've had to, got to have a higher XG. I don't know what the XG was for the game, but I would say it was below one for Liverpool and definitely below one for for Everton. So uh, in terms of chances, if you're going to give Salah only one chance per game, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to take that every time. I'm not sure Mane had any chances. Uh, I can't remember anyone else having any chances. Yeah, it was, it was a very difficult game uh, for Sadio Mane. Yes, he didn't have much uh, supply. And then when he moved out to the left, I mean, even then he didn't have much mm. of the ball. Um, but let's uh, let's let's talk about um, Mohamed Salah a little bit, Karen. Um, he's he's on forty nine Premier League goals for Liverpool. I mean, he's one away from fifty, um, if you can do the maths, and uh, uh, he he would reach uh, fifty still in a record uh, amount of games. He's got ten goals in his last fourteen matches, and still. They talk about Salah being uh, less than the Salah of last season. I mean, maybe marginally, but he's still a world-class performer. Um, I mean, let's talk about the. You know, let's let's stick to the positives. Salah is amazing, isn't he? And he can stay fit, and he can, you know, get us out of this funk of too many nil-nil draws. Um. Yeah, um, he's marginally not the same player that he was last season, but he's still a world-class player. He's always um, a threat when Liverpool are attacking. And uh, the stats speak for itself. I mean, people say that he was a one-season wonder, but no, the stats prove them all wrong. Um, but yeah, in these sort of games, um, Salah could be the player that could get, our, uh, get us out of those nil-nil or 1-1 one -one situations and win the game for us. And in today's game, he he had that beautiful chance, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one with Pickford. But the one touch before he could take his shot, that brought him further, a little bit further away from the goal. And it was easy for Pickford to get a strong hand to it. And yeah, um, yeah I think he's he's a really good he's a really good world-class player. And um, I think we can see more of him next season. Uh, with new additions on, with new creative players in the midfield, like um, uh, anyone who can uh, play like a number eight or a number ten, maybe. Yeah, that's that's very fair. That's very fair. Um, you know, I'm 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 sticking I'm sticking with the positives. I mean, Mohamed Salah. I mean, he's still a genius, and in, in in our eyes, then um, another genius we have, and you know, it's so good to have. At least two, you could argue we've got more than that, many more than that. But Virgil van Dijk had a 10 out of 10 performance today, Fergus. I thought he was he was monstrous. He was a colossus. He was a monster. What can we say about him? He was um he was a, he was a rock. He was I don't know. Talk to me about Virgil van Dijk, Fergus. Yeah, he, I mean Virgil was fantastic again today, as he 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 always has been all season. I think he makes any player who plays alongside him better. Look how good the back four and the back five is now. I mean, um, uh, Matip 
Matip, Matip has come on leaps and bounds. I mean, I was no fan of Matip until he started playing alongside Verge in the last five, six, seven, eight games. But Matip's been magnificent as well. He was really good today. He started carrying the ball forward like Alan Hansen used to do, dribbling it through midfield, threading passes. Okay, Matip's not the most elegant of players, but he, he's got um, he's got good stats as well. I was comparing his stats um, with those of Lovren because that's the old argument you see. You know, should it be Lovren or Matip alongside Van Dyke? Van Dyke is now that Gomez is out, and um, Matip has has got twice as many um, blocks and um, and sorry, twice as many interceptions and and about the same amount of blocks as as uh, as um, Lovren, so that shows that with his interceptions being much better than than um, Lovren, it, because uh, Matip is a more clever player than than Lovren, he's getting in the right positions. He's able to read the play. He's able to get in the way of passes and and intercept the ball. I mean, Lovren, we all know he's great with his head. He's great at sort of getting in last minute and and, and uh, clearing things, but he's often caught out of position. And, um, you know, I just think Matip has been really good. Van Dijk, as ever, is magnificent. I thought the man of the match today was probably Fabinho, um, but closely followed by, by Van Dijk. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I would, I would, I would give Virgil a ten out of ten. But it's, but it's, uh, you know, but it's very good. Very interesting. You mentioned Matip and and Fabinho as well. Um, what what do you make of uh, that that trio of uh, of uh, fine performers, Karen? Um, I think I I agree with um with Fergus here. Um, Van Dyke was uh, I think the best performance uh best performer of the of the day, and that was closely followed by Fabinho and uh, Matip. Um, I think uh, having Matip in place of Lovren is um, a really good uh, plus for us, because playing alongside Virgil has really improved his game. He's more um, focused. He's more. Um, he's able to pick out players really quickly, and I think if we can just get a sub in place of Lovren next season, a really good centre back. I think we have a really good back four. Well, we've got Joe Gomez. Yeah, Joe Gomez, including him. Well, I mean, you know, you think we need another one? Yeah, I think we need another one in place of Lovren because he's injury-prone and any sudden uh, suspension for any of our centre-backs will create a void. I know Fabinho can uh, fill that position in, but having a really good centre-back can improve our chances even in the midfield um, to be more creative and... Um, be more strong defensively. Yes, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yes, I do agree. Yes, Lovren's injury record is, yeah, we can't afford, it's been said on, you know, it's, it's been said on this podcast before, but we can't afford to have three injury-prone centre-packs out of four. Um, so, yes, I mean, if if, if one is going to go at this stage, I don't think any of us would be, would be too upset if it was, uh, if it yeah, was Dejan to be the fall guy. Be- we wouldn't be sorry to interrupt. We wouldn't even be talking about um, buying a new centre back if uh, Gomez wasn't injured. It's really unfortunate uh, for him to sit on sidelines for too long. I really, uh, I was predicting that he would go all the way until the last game, and we could have Lovren and Matip as uh, as a backups. Um, but yeah, um, 
uh, Gomez is out and Lovren is out, and we only have Matip now to fill that position. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we can't be in that position again next season. But, uh, you know, bringing it back to this season and the present, I mean, nil-nil, it does feel like a... It's not exactly a, you know, a, a kick in the ghoulies, but it's certainly a, a light slap on the on the, on the the cheeks, you know, whatever cheeks you like. Um, that was... Uh, it was... Um, some stats from today. Everton had seven shots. Liverpool had ten, apparently, uh, with three on target for each team. Liverpool dominated possession, as you would expect, 58%. Um, and our pass accuracy was bad, though. It was down at 74%, which <sighs> a good Premier League performance is around about 82-83. An excellent Premier League performance is 87%. So 74%. That's the big kicker for me. That's the big stat that I take away from this match is that we've got to pass the ball better. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, maybe fixing the problem in the summer. Uh, but for the rest of the season, we've surely, Fergus, we've surely got to play cater more we've got to play Shaq more and you know get these players who can who can keep the ball and you know we, we've got to start playing them more and 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 this defensive midfield of Henderson Vinalden um we've got to start doing that haven't we Fergus yeah absolutely Owen um I think I mean I said I said during the game that um I think Klopp has gone the way of deciding not to lose games. And that's the way it's looking. I mean, even today, it was clear from the first half that um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't going our way. Everton were just, um, were just blocking everything we tried. And, and, you know, we just didn't have enough creativity. We didn't create enough chances. Um, so, you know, I just think that... Uh, we need to be able to, I mean, Klopp's decided not, not to lose games, which means we also don't win games. But the draws the draws are killing us now. We've had seven draws. Um, you know, it, it's better to actually go out there, take a risk, try to win, and you might lose. Because a win is three points, a draw is one. So really, you're better off putting five, six attackers on the field. And, you know, even if it's for the second half or the last half hour, You've really got to go go all out and um, and and put all your best attacking players on on the field to try to win a game. You might lose it, but three points is better than you know than than one and three point. You know it's always better to go for the win than hold out for the draw because seven draws in the season so far. That's what's killing us. We've had so many draws in the last um, ten league games. Sorry, the last nine league games. So yeah. yeah so just in terms of of what. What I would what I would do. I mean, Klopp is obviously a genius coach. We love him, but uh, I think he's gone. He, he's probably just been a bit, um, you know, he's been a bit chastened by the last couple of seasons where we've been conceding too many goals, um, you know, and and he he's wanted to tighten it up, keep games tight, and and he he's, he keeps mentioning if you listen in in, in his in his press conferences a solid base in the midfield. 
Now, he's mentioned that in the last two press conferences, keeping a, a solid base in the midfield. I think that's what he means is by keeping the likes of, okay, we all love Fabinho, great player, but then he'll pair him up with either Genie or, or Milner or, or Genie and Hendo. And, and that's his solid base midfield, keeping three of those four in there. Now, what I would do, really, you have to chase Man City. You have to take chances. Man City are going to probably, they've got a very good chance of winning every game between now and the end of the season. They've certainly won every game since since um, they beat us. And, um, and you know, we've really got to play uh, Fabinho together with uh, Genie at the base of the midfield. And then you've got to pair uh, Keita and Bobby together in the next line. And then you've got to pair Mane and uh, Firmino up front. So you've really got to have those four players up front. You can bring Shakiri in, if you like, for, for, um, for Keita. But really, you've got to pair those four players up front because we've got to go all out now. We've got nothing to lose. We'll finish, you know, the, the chances are you could probably bet your house on us finishing second now. But, but that's, that's not exactly what we want. We want to win the league. So we've really got to go all out now, put loads of attacking players on the field. And if we, if we lose a game or two, so what? At least I'd rather lose and go down attacking than, um, than just go down to a damp squib draw like today. Yes, it makes a lot of sense to me. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, another player, though, you know, going going back to the positives, um, you know, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain could play under 23s football next week, according to the Liverpool Echo. Um, he's been out since the 24th of April last year. Of course, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get his rhythm back. But that is such exciting news, isn't it, Karen? And he's going to give us another option. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm sure all of us have missed him, and he was absolutely colossal since he's sprung back to form after signing. Um, yeah, it's it's a really plus for us to have him back. Um, a bit of under-23s football would help him to, you know, get back to that rhythm of uh, the Liverpool game, the club style of play, and um, hopefully we can have a couple of starts for him um, till the end of the season. Um, and if that's not possible, then uh, it's okay. We can always, we have the summer, we can always make him better and better over the summer. And next season, first game, I'm sure he'll be on the lineup. Yeah, no, yeah, it's such a, it's such a nice thing to look forward to. He's, uh, he's such a fantastic player. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, th- looking forward then to our, to our next few games. Um, we've got a, we've got a week's break next Sunday. We're playing Burnley at home. Uh, then on Wednesday, we've got Bayern, the return match. Um, and then on the Sunday after that is Fulham away before a pesky, horrific, horrible, disgusting, international friendly break. <laughs> I love the way you described international friendly. <laughs> I, was, I, I was thinking that you would refer to a particular team like Chelsea or Spurs, but no, I thought oh, it was the <laughs> Oh, God, no, 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 no. It was the international break. I don't know what to do with myself, Karen. I don't know. Am I supposed to go away skiing again? I can't do that. It's too damned expensive here in no, Switzerland. No, you should come to India and enjoy the summer. <laughs> Good idea. I would love to. I would love to. But Karen, I mean, how are you feeling about those those three games? We don't get too far ahead of ourselves. We've got 
we've got Burnley next uh, at Anfield and then Bayern and then Fulham away. How are you? I mean, you know, you, you're confident of uh, two wins in the Premier League and, and, and progression in the Champions League? Yes, um, yeah, I'm very confident that uh, we'll see all those three games uh, with a win. I, I think the Burnley game would be a really good preparation for us for uh, the Bayern game. And uh, when we progress that through, it will really improve uh, our confidence. It will improve a game. We will exactly know what we have to do in each game. And we just have to put all those plans into action. Burnley and Fulham games are surely winnable games for us, uh, without doubt. Um, Burnley are a really good uh, side, but I think we can uh, see this one through. Uh, and it's an Anfield, so um, I'm sure we'll definitely win this game. Bayern will be a tricky test, but um, I'm very confident that we'll see that one through as well. Um, and yeah, we can just look at these three games for now and then plan the other games later. Okay, well, that's nice. That's nice uh, confidence. Uh, Fergus, do you, do you share that confidence? Uh, well, I'd say Burnley is a tricky tie. Uh, they've caused us problems in the past. They've caused um, Man United and other big teams, top six teams, a lot of problems in the past. You know, they'll come to Anfield, they'll play like a, a 5-4-1 or a 4-5-1. They'll pack the defence, they'll have two two lines, and then they'll just pump it up to the big man up top, which would be Ashley Barnes, probably. Um, they'll have a couple of guys you know, trying to, to sprint forward and join in with him. Um, so I think in that game, really, against a packed defence like that, we really, as I said before, not to dwell on the point, we need to, pay, to play some more um, good attacking players. So we need to get Shaq on, we need to get Keita on, we need to get Bobby on alongside um, um, Mane and, and Mo. So, you know, Burnley can be a tricky tie. You've got, it's, it's like a tough nut you've got to crack. And you're not going to crack that tough nut by, by, unless you've got the right tools. And the right tools are, are a lot of attacking players. So that, that's Burnley. That, we have to have a, a, that's one lineup. I think Bayern away, we've got to have a different lineup. I know exactly what lineup Klopp will go with uh, for Bayern away. He's going to go for the 4 3 3. He's going to go for the solid midfield. Or, or his solid base, as he said, says, which is the, um, which is uh, Fabinho, uh, Milner, and and Gini, and uh, and he's going to because uh, Bayern are at home, they're going to want to attack. Bayern are a good attacking side. They're, they're going to want to come out and attack us, dominate the ball. They'll have the big um, Alliance Arena uh, fan base in, uh, behind them. So I think a bit like PSG away, we're going to go for a solid base, you know, and then try to, to, to knock them on the counter-attack. Um, I don't know if that's the right tactic. Uh, you know, Klopp's, Klopp's a great manager. I'm just looking, just observing it. But hopefully that'll work. You know, it's worked um, in various games. It hasn't worked in other games. Um, you know, I think we're really going, if that is going to work, we're really going to have to be... Um, good on, on the uh, the counter-pressing because we know that from Anf the Anfield tie that Bayern, they love to play it out from the back. Neuer out to uh, the two centre-halves, out to the full-backs. And we, we, we press them with great effect at Anfield and we've really got to do that at the um, Alliance Arena as well. So if we're playing that 4-3-3, it'll be a, a, a counter-pressing side, it'll be a counter-attacking side. 
and um, hopefully that'll work. And, and the other thing is, and there's a lot of people, I mean, pundits and um, media are saying, questioning, should Liverpool drop out of the Champions League to concentrate on the league or, or vice versa, you know? But I mean, re really, I think Liverpool have to compete on both, on, on both uh, fields. You know, back in the day when I grew up uh, supporting Liverpool, we'd win the Champions League and we'd win the league in the same season. You know, we won five European Cups. We'd win the the, um, the EFL Cup or the League Cup every single season. I think we're still the record holder for that. The FA Cup was never a great one. But um, we've got to compete on both. It's only two competitions. Man City are still in four. We can definitely spare enough players to concentrate on two competitions. And I don't think anyone should think we should, should um, you know, you know, uh, dive out of the Champions League just to concentrate on the league. That's a preposterous idea. We've got to be in both. We've got to compete in both. We have a squad enough to compete in both. And um, and also, as it's looking, as I've said, I, I don't think we'll win the league. So I think we really have to go for it in the Champions League. If we don't win the league, we win the Champions League. That's a great season. And the, and, and the other thing to say is I would absolutely love to come up against um, Real Madrid at some Ooh. point knockout stages. <laughs> yeah, I, totally. Yeah, yeah. That would I be actually fantastic. wanted Real Madrid instead of Bayern this in this tie because um, they were they're vulnerable um, at this point of the season because they're not at their absolute best, and playing against a side like us, I think they would be hammered. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that I mean, I think you're right, but I'd I'd rather play them in the final, and uh, yeah, you know, sweet I think, uh, yeah, exactly. Sweet revenge. Mohamed Salah getting a hat trick. Uh, Sergio Ramos, red card. They, they, these these are the things I dream about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, talking talk about, I mean, it's a very interesting question. And it is one that I wanted to, to bring up as we sort of, you know, come towards the end of this uh, episode of, of Cop On. Because it's very interesting what you brought up there, Fergus, about, you know, is can we at this stage, um, you know, is it better to drop out of the the Champions League? Um, I don't. I mean, I've been in a little bit. I do have a doubt. Obviously, 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 I would love us to 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 win all of our matches, win win the double, win the Premier League and the Champions League. But we're talking about being realistic, Fergus, and we're and I'm. I have a I have a doubt. Um, and I think it's realistic about whether our front three can play all of the matches between now and the end of May. If we go far enough in the Champions League, there will be a drop in. They'll just be knackered by the end of it. Um, am I? I mean, am no, I, I, I? I don't think so, because look at Man City. Um, uh, Pep has made a point of playing his all of his best players available in every match. And whether that was against Burton, where they won 9-0, or against um, Newport, or whoever it was, he always picked his best side. He, he's basically been flogging his players. Okay, so we know Pep probably has a three-year lifespan at Man City because he, ne he never stays more than three years in any one club. But that's what he's been doing. He's been flogging his players all season, and we've been hoping that they're going to drop at some point. Now, okay, we don't have as big a squad as Man City in terms of the bench. Uh, we don't have the type of players on the bench like Sané to come on that they have, a world-class player. Um, but 
you know, if, if anything, I think at this stage, I know I'm, I'm also playing the devil's advocate here, but at this stage, I think I, we have a better chance of winning the Champions League than we do win, of winning the league. So we need, we need to play the best side that we have in every single game. So you, uh, but I mean, going forward, but you know, City, they, they've got just in their attacking players, Guardiola has rotated them a bit. I mean, you know, with, with Sane, who have they got? Sane, Mares, Aguero, Sterling, Sterling uh, Gabriel Jesus. I mean, that's already five fantastic exactly. players. And he has been, he has been rotating them. Um, whereas for us, I mean, okay, Divock's come in for a couple of matches. Um, he tried with Daniel Sturridge a couple of times, but uh, the vast majority of, of our games, and especially the best performances, they've always featured our classic front three of uh, of the, everybody knows for for me, you know, Manny Salah. Um, um, I don't know where do you where do you stand on it, Karen? I want to bring you into this discussion. Can should we focus more on either competition? Or and can we, you know, can the front three specifically uh, last for the rest of the season? Um, I think our front three are capable to last um, at the end of the season, playing every game in the league as well as in the Champions League, because we have two competitions to play for. City still have one more, that's the FA Cup, and I think um, they're looking tired. Um, they're looking. Um, they're losing the spark slowly, but uh, they're still a strong side. We can't underestimate them. But coming back to our side, I think um, we should go all in in both the competitions. Um, there would be competition in both these leagues. Um, it's not easy to win both of them. But yeah, if we give all of uh, uh, all of us in 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 both these game in all the games in both the leagues, um, I think we have a fair chance to win either of them or just both. Um, why not give it our best shot? We The probability isn't like one is to something, which is really low. We still have a high chance to win the league. We still have a high chance to win the Champions League. Um, let's say, unfortunately, we, we are knocked out of Champions League. We still have the Premier League to play for. So um, it won't let us down. It'll just, um, I think we should just go all in in both the leagues. Wow, that's brilliant. Would you agree, Fergus? Yeah, definitely. I think we we have to go in, go uh, all in. Um, I think we have to go all in on both competitions. We, we okay, just, we... so you wouldn't so you wouldn't like um, you know, prioritize the Champions League a little bit more. Like if you were to, you know, if you decide you have to rest one of the front three players, you would presumably at this stage you would do it in the Premier League rather than the Champions League then? Because you think you've got more chance of winning the Champions League. Is that right? Yes, I do. I think if we get past Bayern, um, you know, and see what the next draw is, um, you know, I I think the the Champions League might become our priority. So I, 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 I I hate to say that. I'd like to think we could go all out in both competitions. Um, I remember back back in the day when when Liverpool won it in um, '85 in in Rome with Grobelar and Co. I mean they pretty much played the same eleven players, probably up to thirteen or fourteen all season. Okay, so the game was probably less physical back then, but um, you know we we won 
we won the, the European Cup that season. Whether we won the league or not, I can't remember, but we were certainly competing for the league. So I think we really just have to go all out in both competitions. And, you know, it's a shame we don't really have quite the, the bench that City have this year. I think next year, with a, with a couple of excellent acquisitions, you know, we always have to, this is the best season we've had. Um, apart from the anomalous season of 2013-14 uh, under Rodgers, this is the best season we've had since, you know, the Benitez days, the early Benitez days, you know. So we have to, we should start getting used to compute, competing on on both fronts. And, you know, I think right now our squad is probably not quite big enough to cope, but let's hope for next season that it will be. Um, I, I would love us to have another Champions League run, especially if we get disappointed in the league this season. Yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very good point, and a, mm -hmm. and a, you know, a, a lovely. Um, I think it's you know we're pretty much coming coming to the end of our discussion, but yes, um, you know, we can still dream. We definitely can. The Champions League and the Premier League. Nothing is lost. Nothing is lost. Although Everton, you know, those dumb bastards are you know probably out in the streets already you know you know they it, celebrating celebrating <laughs> drawing the world cup final nil nil uh, open open bus tour uh, yes exactly open bus tour i'm surprised they didn't chuck on the blue smoke flare um they can know, hop the on the Mourinho's yeah. bus actually sorry they can hop on a Mourinho's bus actually oh yeah <laughs> the, the bus he parks yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What a what a what a pathetic club. I mean, you know, I don't really, I don't know. We're all sort of out of town, as you know. Neither none of us are, uh, you know, our scouts. So we don't have the same like, you know, we don't like them because they're our city rivals. We don't have that. We have a more objective, you know, zoomed out view of the Liverpool Everton divide. And yeah. I I can honestly say from that view. Everton are just so irrelevant. I mean, they're such a they're such a rubbish club, and I refuse to get down from it. Nothing is lost. Um, we're still gonna, you know, kick some kick some asses this season, and uh, you know, I think I think it's fine. Um, do you have any other business, gentlemen? Do you have any other th things you you would like to add? Um, I think I'd like to add one thing. Um. I think under Klopp, we've started to believe that we can challenge um, for Cups, Premier League, Champions League. And um, it wasn't the same under Rodgers. It was just a one-season wonder. Um, but yeah, under Klopp, he really knows which players he wants to sign, in what areas does he want to strengthen the team. Um, and we've got to two European finals under his tenure so far. And I think we can still have another one this season. So um, I really don't think we should uh, criticize Klopp for uh, today's game or for all the draws uh, we've had this season. I'm sure um, people all over, all over the social media are going to criticize him. But yeah, I think we should just stick to this man because he knows what he's doing. I believe in his project and I think we can, yeah. uh, we can have a title or two under his tenure. That's absolutely brilliantly well said. That's, I 100% agree. We're we're a hundred percent behind Jurgen Klopp, um, you know. Okay, you know, 
no one is perfect and we might you know sort of question one decision or another um you know about a substitute today for example that that doesn't mean that you know we're not 100 percent behind him he's an absolute genius and i don't think yes over the course of the 27 episodes of copper we've given him enough credit or at least vocalized the credit uh, the credit that he deserves so yes very well said karen yes do you have anything to add on on that fergus yeah, absolutely. I just want to chime in with what you and uh, Karen have said, and that I think the the way that Klopp has transformed the club. If you look, look at three and a half years ago, whenever he came in, you know the the improvement has just been. It's it's almost like it, it feels like a different club now. So, you know, we have to give him incredible amount of, of credit for that. You know, we went to Dom. We went to uh, Old Trafford on Sunday. We totally dominated the game. Okay, we didn't score, but to go there and 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 basically make our rivals look like Burnley was, um, you know, in, in a defensive four-four-two pass the bus type type scenario. So, you know, he he's transformed the hopes and ambitions of the fan base. You know that we can get to a Champions League final. That we can win a league title. Um, it, it, it's just his his positivity, his his mentality, the signings that Liverpool are making, and we can't forget FSG in all of this. You know, there used to be the FSG out campaign, um, that's just disappeared back into the woodwork where it came from, and uh, FSG have done a magnificent job in the background quietly by backing Klopp, by turning it into a properly organised modern club, which is able to leverage all of the uh, the financial um, uh, muscle that in that you know commercial muscle that that the club needs. So he's given the fan base a lot of hope, you know. And and football fan, as football fans, we survive on hope. We we live for hope, and that's what what keeps us going uh, towards the next match. Yeah, beautifully said. Excellent. I love that, and that's a that's a marvelous way to to finish up this this episode. I want to thank you very very much for. For joining me, especially seeing as you've got all these these deadlines for your for your projects, Karen. Thank you so much, and uh, to Fergus, thank you so much for your for your cop on debut. Pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure too. Thanks, Owen. Thanks My for pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys.